0: Welcome to the Spunchunks, Chunks, episode number forty six for Monday, July first, twenty nineteen. My name is Joel Duggan, and joining me as
1: always is my friend Johnny. You may know him better as Pixel Riffs, though. Hello. Hello, we're in the back half of the year, July 1st. Wow, it's it's weird. We've almost been doing this show for an entire year. We're on episode 46 now. Episode 50 is going to be our, our anniversary show more or less. And yeah, the year is the year is getting away from us, Joel, and I part of me doesn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh but i'm, I'm, I'm You're also, telling me yeah also, also also pretty happy with the state of the, the the weather right now it's it's nice and nice and sunny here i know it's been raining for you so i feel bad we've been talking a bit about in the pre-show about the weather but i'm i'm enjoying enjoying the summer sun of july well you know
0: something that's something that's nice about rainy weather is that you never have to feel guilty about playing minecraft Absolutely. you can ju- you can just game all afternoon and be mm-hmm. like well I can't do anything else because yep. it's raining sideways. Mm-hmm. Uh, so as long as the internet connection holds up and the power doesn't go out, then then you are good to go. Uh, before we get into what we've been uh, doing in Minecraft this week, though, I've got a little bit of uh, housekeeping to get out of the way. Uh, first things, of course, is that it is the first of the month, which means that Patreon and all of the Spawn Chunk members uh, who support the show, support the podcast on Patreon, are being charged. And we wanted to say thank you because this is precisely how and why we get to do this show is because of your generous and and awesome support not just financially on on patreon but also in the discord and the community that we have surrounding us and informing us on what's going on what you guys want us to talk about all that kind of stuff and we wanted to say thanks uh, because it uh, it goes a long way for for johnny and i uh to have this happen every month for us uh that said Uh, It is the July 1st weekend, so that's Canada Day, a holiday here in Canada. And July 4th, of course, is uh, coming up in the US as a holiday, Patreon being a US-based company. And the first of the month being when they process all of these payments, you can probably expect some delays. So if you're seeing any kind of like role changes in the Discord, if you have joined and you haven't seen the Discord invite yet, all that kind of stuff, uh, then just be patient. Uh, There may be an extra day or two um, while the processing is happening. If not, though, uh, if something does go wrong, please feel free to email us at thespawnchunks at gmail.com and give us a flag in the subject line uh, with your question uh, about, you know, like, hey, it's about Patreon or something like that, and we'll get to it right away. Uh, Because both Pixel Riffs and I uh, have access to the email, and we can also invite people in manually or Uh, check to see uh, what has gone on in the background Uh, but more than likely it's going to be just like a a timing delay with with the processing and stuff like that
1: Mm -hmm. these things do take time and most of the process is going to be automated for the most part so hopefully everything should proceed smoothly but if there's any hiccups on patreon side chances are they're not going to get to it for a day or two so patience as always is good and enjoy the holidays yourself if you're celebrating them because it's hopefully going to be uh yeah quite a quite a nice week for everybody
0: And at the end of the week, uh, speaking of our Spawn Chunk members, uh, we are going to do our quarterly hangout. This is fairly new. We've only done one of those before. It was on April 6th, I believe we did it. Yeah, uh, Yeah, that's available on Patreon. So if you're a Spawn Chunks member and you want to go back and listen... To the quarterly hangout, I believe it's tagged on Patreon, so you should be able to search for it and find it quite easily to kind of give yourself an idea of what to expect. But we will be doing another one of those live on Discord uh, this coming week. We will put the dates in and times in uh in the Discord. We're looking at probably Friday or Saturday this coming Friday or Saturday, which I believe is the seventh, sixth, and seventh, something like that. 7th uh, 5th, yeah, 5th, fr- and 6th. Fifth and
1: sixth, fifth and sixth. If it's a Friday or sixth. Saturday, yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. So, but we'll we'll sort that out with the people in the Patreon as far as the exact timing and, and access. Uh, but you can listen live in the Discord if you're around. If you miss it, don't worry. It will be available on demand via the Patreon uh, website as well as the RSS feed on Patreon. Uh, it's going to be members only, so uh, you have to be a, a supporter to, to listen in. Uh, if you have questions or comments about the podcast so we we discuss the podcast itself it's kind of like a behind the scenes thing it's not necessarily a, a minecraft show uh, but if you are not yet a spawn Ch- chunk member and you have a question then email us the at gmail.com and put something uh, notable in in the uh in the subject line like hangout question uh and if you've got uh want us to cover more of this or that in the future if you have some ideas about the show uh, guest suggestions this is the kind of thing that we talk about during the quarterly hangout uh, so if you'd like to contribute then please feel free to do so uh, and then we'll 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 address those and, and put those out to the patrons uh, again not the time for minecraft game related questions if you want us to talk about uh, our experiences in the game then just emailing the regular show uh, the yeah. regular podcast is, is the best place uh, to do that
1: that's the kind of stuff that's going to generate discussion on the show and it's the kind of stuff that we want to share with everybody rather than the ins and outs of the business of running the podcast which is something we want to share with our patron community because they're the people we feel like are going to have the most impact in how we run the show in future mm-hmm. so yeah that's that's the kind of stuff we want to be talking about on our on our hangouts and we'll save the minecraft game related stuff for uh for next week's show
0: speaking of game related stuff what have you been up to in minecraft
1: this week so I brought a bunch of foxes back and started a pub. Uh, I was quite happy with the the way that build turned out at first. As one I, does, right? You know, that's, yeah, that's... no, as, as you do. <laughs> you, you, got, you got to you got to start somewhere. You got to, you got to give your foxes somewhere to get a quiet drink. And uh, <laughs> I've, I I did a little bit more interior design on the pub once I'd finished the I finished the outside of it for a video and on stream we went in and did some interior design. I love some of the new 1.14 blocks for interior design, specifically, obviously, if you're doing anything related to storage of you know liquids or food of any kind barrels are just the best looking block like before we used to make do with you know if you want kegs of stuff that you could clearly kind of free pour behind the bar of a a medieval tavern you'd have to make do with you know your your favorite choice of log for example but now you've got barrels that are clearly meant to be for like you know storing ale or something like that and it it just creates a really great atmosphere lanterns as well look brilliant in interiors for for those medieval kind of tavern style things so it's got low beams it's got lanterns hanging from the ceiling and a lot of arctic foxes running around it currently which which makes for an interesting vibe and uh, they they screech at night which is something that i hadn't really I, I don't spend much time walking around my world at night because i'm a builder i like to avoid mobs where i can uh, but occasionally i've been in the area when night has fallen and the noises they make are very very similar to the noises that foxes in real life make at night it's kind of just like this sudden like ah kind of noise that that kicks off in the middle of the night but um Aside from that, I've been messing around with some farms. It's uh, become clearer to me as I've been making this Minecraft Survival Guide series that people come to me for a more accessible look at how to design farms in survival. And obviously a lot of that is pulling from a vast trove of community-generated farms from the past. Uh, But recently, obviously, everyone's been keeping their eye on iron farms. And we'll get a little bit more into this in the news, but with one fourteen point three coming out, iron farms have been a little bit simplified and i was able to put together a relatively quick example of one that i really wanted to i I, maybe i didn't make it super clear at the time but i wanted it to be an example and not a finished product so i have a lot of people telling me like you haven't really built this right or it doesn't really work for me i'm like guys don't don't take this as like this is how you build iron farms from now on it's not quite but i just wanted Mm. to run through the mechanics so i've been getting familiar with that I built myself a creeper farm as well because I found myself regularly running out of gunpowder for fireworks now that I'm traveling further afield in my world. And last of all, I finally started working on decorating my nether hub, which is something I've been doing on and off for a while. I've cleared out all of the netherrack from this giant circular area, but I've decided to finally kind of follow through with my plans for that. And so I've been been decorating that and making sure it stays spawn-proof.
0: Nice. How many floors did you put into your creeper farm? Because we have, I think, three in ours, and it has done not only me but like the entire server for gunpowder. They are fantastic.
1: Yeah, I have four floors in mine, and oh, it's wow. kind of circular platforms, and they all have cats in the center, so the creepers Say, run cat off based, the edge. Yeah, yeah, and and I've noticed that the top floor of that, for whatever reason, the creepers sometimes hang onto the edge. So I think three is probably the optimal number. I think you may have nailed it first time. Because, for whatever reason, I think it's something to do with mob pathfinding. I've tried a bunch of different solutions to fix it, and everybody and their mum has like re- replies in the comments saying, like, you should do it this way, you should do it that way. I have tried virtually everything under the sun at this point, and for whatever reason, the occasional creeper, not all of them, it doesn't happen with all of them, but one or two creepers will just not walk off the edge of the top platform. I don't know why. The other three hmm. platforms, 100% fine. But those ones in particular, for whatever reason the creepers just don't always walk off it so yeah it's something strange and it's something that i imagine if i knew more about how mob pathfinding actually executes in the code if i was somebody like nembon or whoever who's like done extensive research and mathematically plotted how pathfinding works for certain mobs i would understand what was going on and be able to fix it but personally i'm happy with just three and a half platforms working because like you said those things are very very productive I built mine on a mushroom yeah. island as well, so I'm getting no other spawns around the area unless there's oh, like stuff, nice, in, yeah. stuff in undersea caves. And so, yeah, it, it's it's pretty productive so far.
0: Ours is underneath Dartmouth Meadows, and so it's built like as pretty much as low as you could go. Right, yeah, uh, as yeah. far as like the. I think the item elevator is built almost on bedrock and then everything else just had to kind of go up from there because you yeah. have to drop them two blocks to kill them in the magma thing and blah 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 um, but we have the one that ours has it's not just that they just walk off the edge they they have very specific like four corners there's the only place that they could leave the platform and they just beeline it they just mm-hmm. they leave as far as I can tell uh, I checked it once but because it's underground, it is not fancy. It is a big brick box. So I can't see inside of it. I have no idea if any of our, uh, if any of our creepers are hanging on the edge. I'll have to, I'll have to maybe check that out the next time that I do something in, in spectator mode, just usually as an admin, you know, kind of flying around and, and checking things out. Um, we've also not lit up any caves. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of building happening around. So, so there are, the surface is fairly well lit up uh, yeah. there's a fair amount of cave exploration that has happened nearby uh, I think Matt cast lit up his ravine that sort of thing, but we haven't like, like gone in a hundred and twenty eight you know radius and tried to light up all the caves and done all that kind of nonsense but it just it's just jamming out uh, uh gunpowder constantly which is which is fantastic it's full like there's we can't there's no more storage <laughs> we yeah. don't, we don't we don't know what to do with it um, which is fine and i there's something that I, I like about um automated farms in minecraft is is that fun personalization of tweaking it to suit your server size needs that's where i find f- it's fun like you might look at it like you said an iron farm and be like wow that's amazing but i don't need ten thousand iron an hour yeah. i only need 100 iron an hour maybe <laughs> you know yeah uh so then you can kind of downsize it and and kind of go from there um speaking of uh downsizing i am doing the exact opposite in the end uh i have finally taken the opportunity to blow out the old enderman farm room which was like four by three at best Mm uh with a low ceiling so that they don't teleport and spawn inside Uh, so it was claustrophobic with a capital woof uh and now it is much much larger uh and no longer feels like a precarious death trap where my valuable circle boxes will potentially fall off the edge into the void and uh the irony is building it is a death trap yeah (laughs) like it's just it's it's very difficult because i'm also raising the 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 platform up from like level two to level three so i'm removing all the blocks underneath it because i wanted to have a specific look when i approach it and so like i am dealing with a lot of just like that's right i'll i won't bother getting those blocks back as they fall hundreds of feet into the nothingness Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah so i've been doing a lot of that Um, which is it's it's fun it's going to look good in the end uh, i think Um, i am sacrificing crazy enderman spawn rates for looks and and for um i think just usability and the fact that i don't want to rebuild the entire thing yeah um because i could build the thing lower like the the spawning platform lower but then it wouldn't look as cool and uh, i thought about building the platform higher where the Enderman could then fall down and have a a single heart or a half heart of damage so I don't have to sit there and hit them as often. Like we could just have them have them drop in. Um but I think I might for now just leave it because it as as it is. I don't use it all that often and it seems to be pretty fast uh as yeah. it is now. Um the problem that I'm having uh is that um and I, I'm curious with our community if we might have some feedback for this, uh the range at which you can hit Enderman it has changed uh, or rather they can see you through certain blocks or something. Uh, previously, a wall would be enough of a barrier to keep you far enough away from them that they can't hit you, but you could still swipe with your sword and hit all of the Endermen in the uh, catchment area. I believe since they've introduced all the new walls that the hit boxes of walls have changed. And so now I'm a lot closer. And so when I hit an Enderman, they hit me back.
1: Okay. And they shouldn't be able to. Yeah.
0: I don't know if it's a bug or if it's, like I said, like just some of the hitboxes have been altered. Now, I'm testing something. Uh, I haven't installed it yet, but I found a way to have um walls plus an open trap door to kind of give me just a little bit extra distance Yeah. Uh, from the Enderman. The problem is, i haven't been able to turn on the farm because of the construction it's no longer enderman proof so i can't turn on the farm because i'll have angry enderman everywhere yeah yeah Um, so i don't know with this new distance if i can still hit the back of the area because the problem is that i was only able to kill it's basically like a two by two uh area of enderman uh, or two by three i guess but I can't hit the dudes at the back. I can only hit the dudes at the front. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm only ever using the thing at half capacity, which is slower than it could be. Um, so I'm trying to figure all that out. And I mean, it's also, it is what it is. And if I have to adjust, if I do anything, I might adjust the pipe so that it's not a two by a two by three. Maybe I'll just make it a one by three and that'll solve all my problems. Like I, really, mm-hmm. I haven't really figured that out yet. Um, but I am very much enjoying the freedom of building in the end, and just basically doing like geometric shapes with concrete and purple, like in just, and lighting things up with carpet and just, and having things float. Um, I find that enchanting stations are really ugly. They, they look like day one Minecraft to me. <laughs> and so because I have the room, I put my enchanting setup in the ceiling and covered the whole thing on the bottom with slabs. So the only thing that you can see is the black obsidian bottom of the enchanting table. It's a full enchanting setup, setup but you can't see any of the bookshelves, right, which yeah. don't look good next to purple right? Yeah. Like, so it's because they're the oak, you know, uh, wood shelves. And so I've hidden the whole thing. And then I've got an ender chest in that room that's floating in the middle of the room because it's the end yeah (laughs) and why not you know so there's a whole lot of freedom that i'm exploring right now it's a lot of fun
1: i always forget that you don't really see enchantment tables from below because the the bottom texture of them is just a block of obsidian i think that's that's kind of neat and it's a neat way to disguise them a lot of the time and it used to be a way that you could hide lighting as well i don't think it is anymore thanks to the the new sort of lighting system they've implemented where blocks have opaque faces i think the bottom of an enchantment table doesn't let light through anymore in the way that it used to but um you used to be able to if you made like an obsidian tunnel i don't know why you would do that because it seems like a lot of work and difficult to remodel if you wanted to but you could always put an enchantment table in the ceiling and use it to conceal light and have this perfect like obsidian tunnel that was still perfectly well lit as well i've seen people do that before and it really looks quite neat so yeah it's it's i i kind of I don't know if i agree that enchanting stations are ugly but like they they certainly aren't all that adaptable i think that's the main thing and and if you don't want to put bookshelves everywhere they're incredibly colorful texture like if you if you want to have like an old abandoned place where all of the books should be faded and stuff like that the books still pop up as a a kind of very colorful object in the middle of all of the stuff that you've tried to curate to look a little bit aged and and abandoned you know like all of, all of these books being incredibly bright all of a sudden and that's the kind of thing that you can fix it with a texture pack but then the texture pack is going to look the same anywhere else you build so yeah knowing yeah, that i mean ugly was a bit of a harsh poke but it's 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 <laughs> yeah. it's uh,
0: lack of options right like mm-hmm. you've got i mean e- even if the bookshelves were the like the signs are now where you could build a bookshelf out of every wood possible i don't know why you'd want an orange bookshelf but maybe you do um, but like, for example, in the end where things are pretty dark and you're building with a lot of dark blocks, you could go with a dark Oak bookshelf and it would be less of a problem, you know, yeah. and, and, and you could potentially, if you really wanted to vary it up, you could potentially in those textures, if they were, if they were to introduce new bookshelf textures, they could vary up the books where the lighter bookshelves might have brighter books and the darker bookshelves might have more subdued, you know, earth Tony, you know tomes and and things like that on them
1: i've seen mods um, like uh chisel that provide alternative textures for bookshelves where they've got different items on the shelves as well there's there'll be like mm. a kind of a necromancer's bookshelf that will have like a skull and a bottle of kind of weird liquid on as well nice. as just a couple of books leaned up on one side and I yeah. like the, the variation that you can add into stuff like that. And bookshelves have always seemed to me like a very detailed block. As soon as you bring them in, it looks like they're they're at the sub-block level, like there are objects there, even if, you know, they technically aren't. Um, yes. And, and we've been talking about um, all of the 1.14 workstations and storage and stuff like that, and I still think that bookshelves should be able to store books in some capacity. I still feel like it's kind of yeah. weird that they can't. But then I've, I've seen mods that do that. Bibliocraft is, is the obvious one where you can actually have empty bookshelves that you can make and you can fill the books one space at a time and they display to you if you have them and i always feel like i made those and thought oh that's a great idea and then i only ever stored like three books on them and it just looked like i didn't read so <laughs> i don't know quite how i uh, <laughs> don't know quite how illiterate i want to seem in my current Minecraft yeah. world but uh... i
0: i think with with bookshelves particularly uh one of the things that they could do to ease the pain of of the lack of options is to um, allow some blocks to be put between the bookshelves oh, and yeah. uh the enchanting table because you, you, you can't even put, even put carpet. Carpets. Yeah, no, exactly, car- carpet yeah exactly carpet torches nothing so if you could put something in there like for example uh, if you don't like the look of of the um uh of of the the bookshelves then if you were to be able to put an item frame and a map uh or or something you could have your map room also be hiding your bookshelves and then have it serve two purposes and have it not be too much of a uh of a of an eyesore you know mm-hmm. um, or you could do something like uh uh the infinity rooms that we've seen online where you just take a map of all one color and then just you know plop it on there and you get essentially wallpaper um mm-hmm. and that could be kind of cool imagine imagine doing that with like a, a void a void black map where you've got you know a, a black room with a black you know enchanting table with all these runes kind of floating out of the nothingness coming towards it that would actually be really cool looking you know i want to so, see
1: i want to see that now <laughs> yeah
0: no there, there's some yeah. potential there but it's just unfortunately you just you can't put anything uh mm-hmm. in between them so um, mine are going to be in the roof they're going to be hidden inside the roof of the uh of the uh, the structure and i have to put double carpet on top of everything uh including the flat roof of this structure so with a double carpet layer it becomes very easy to hide bookshelves behind wool and carpet and stuff like that mm-hmm. because nothing is happening inside uh i just have to put the carpet I think one up i can't remember exactly
1: where i have to do it but
0: there there are there is a process by which i can r- keep Enderman from spawning inside the the enchanting room
1: mm-hmm. and uh yeah you, you've presumably been doing all of this in minecraft 1.14.3 because that is uh moving on to the news that is what we we got to talk about it at the end of last week's podcast i think but that is the uh, the, the new version now you've had time to get to grips with one fourteen point three. How do you feel about it? Is it working better for you? Are there some issues still popping up?
0: Well it makes me want to barf.
1: Oh, <laughs> you've got the you've got the uh, the screen tearing issue because you're a Mac user. There yeah,
0: I was I was being a little bit cheeky. Uh yeah, no, uh bug MC one five five two hundred and mc one five four two seven one. Uh I still have trouble figuring out which bugs are valid and being addressed mm-hmm. and whatever, but Uh, Yeah, I'm getting a visual screen tearing bug. Uh, It was terrible when 1.14.3 first came out with Optifine coming out for 1.14.3 very shortly thereafter. Uh, I was able to get a little bit more control. Uh, I found uh, through a little bit of research online that uh, to make it be less of a problem, uh, you have to basically just play with your refresh rate Uh, or your frame rate until it matches what your monitor can handle uh it's still not perfect i still see it especially in large quantities of the same texture right i'm running through a decorated area it's not a big deal running through the end running through uh the nether with nether rack uh being on an ocean uh, anything where there's a large expanse of the same texture grass also a problem. there's a there's a pixelated tear that happens kind of around the bottom third of the screen for Mac users, and you do get a little bit used to it after a time, so you don't notice it and it doesn't bug you artistically. But for me, uh, I have found that playing for an hour or two, I start to get a bit of vertigo and it starts mm. to give me a headache. And it's and it also happens side to side. It's not as it's not something you can necessarily see an effect of so much as it, it's just a stutter with your monitor refresh rate not keeping up with the game uh it's something that my 2017 iMac should not have a problem with uh and i'm really starting to get frustrated with the number of new bugs that come in when moyang is fixing older bugs yeah i don't understand it's like i was talking with Alistair the other day i was being we were talking about it because he plays, plays on the server with me uh and i wanted to get his feedback and I made the analogy of it's like turning your television off and having your kitchen light come on.
1: Yeah. And you're like, well,
0: I want my kitchen light to be off, but I don't want my television on. And you just, you can't, they seem completely unrelated and yet you can't have one without the other. Oh yeah, no,
1: I, I I equate it to chaos theory. It's like the the devs flap their wings over one line of code and a hurricane starts in the other line of code. You know? Yeah. It, I, I don't I don't understand the process of coding enough to figure out exactly how some of these things are interconnected. I expect a lot of this is still teething problems with this new rendering engine they've sort of implemented right. for this most recent version and there are probably going to be a few things like that popping up here and there but yeah I don't understand how fixing f- from from the user facing point of view like all of the change logs have been related to gameplay related stuff and there are a couple of things related to controls i know you had the scroll issue with the mac mouse recently kind of fixed Mm -hmm. and there were a few things like that that were kind of control based but maybe i don't scroll down the change log enough to see what's being tweaked about the visual side of things but like you say it doesn't really seem like there's a whole lot they would be adjusting from our point of view that should affect things like the way it displays and the refresh rate you get when you're just playing, like and, and having to to tweak your frames per second to match your monitor. I mean, it makes sense in theory, but going above that shouldn't necessarily present any kind of a problem. It, yeah, no, it's, it's and that's strange. the thing.
0: And, and if you have VSync turned on, then that should solve it. Like that's, that's yes. the whole pr- and, that's and some, the purpose And some people of were it. saying
1: disabling VSync was like helping a small amount, but not resolving the problem at all. And, and like toggling it one way or the other didn't really make that much of a difference.
0: Yeah. And that's the thing. Like I didn't, I find it was better with it off because it was like the monitor was overcompensating or something. Yeah. or the game was overcompensating. And then I had to then tweak it. So I've got my, my frame rate is currently set to 180. I never get 180. I only ever get 60 uh, or ish, you know, but uh, usually I play with it uncapped because I can do that. Yeah. Uh, or I should be able to do that. Um, the thing that I find really uh, frustrating about like, you know, like the, the the bug trackers and all that kind of stuff is is that they, they'll list a lot of features that have been changed and then they'll just say fixed bugs and then they'll list a bunch of fixed bugs. But there's no indication as to whether that are the only bugs that they've fixed. Now, I know that there has been some devs streaming lately and they've been saying things like, um, I can't remember his name. Do you remember his name? I don't want to leave it out. Sliced Lime? Slice Lime, thank you. Yeah. Where they're playing on a server and they're saying, wow, okay, performance on servers needs, we have to address this. Now, yeah. whether they've attempted to address this and because I'm playing on a server, um, I noticed it. But I also noticed it when I was in creative, actually more so in creative than I did flying around on a server. So... I don't know where and when they implemented these changes. Uh, I find um, while I'm used to as a Mac user being at the bottom of the priority list uh, for gaming in general, uh, it does kind of bring up a point to me where I feel like Mojang is relying too heavily on user reported bugs. Because the problem is that in order for those users to report the bugs, they have to be in a released version of Minecraft. Yeah. Uh, or they very often are in a released version of Minecraft. Uh, I don't... We had three snapshots of point 0.3. This did not happen in any of those. Yeah. And And yet on the final released version, there is this bug that really makes my playing experience very poor. And I am going to have to wait until the next update before it gets fixed it may get fixed in a snapshot but then i have to clear it with my server mates as to whether we want to run you know a snapshot on the server for a few weeks yeah um but it's it's the kind of thing that just should not happen in the best selling game in the world mm-hmm. you know like this is this is a, a line that i'm kind of drawing in the sand like guys like and girls, this this is the kind of thing that you expect from indie devs you know like they're going to put their stuff out there and want some feedback so they can improve it but from a, a game the size of minecraft you really would think that there'd be some stop gaps where they would load it up on a mac uh on a pc you know yeah and they would test it on a server before they would release a final version of 14, 14, 1.14.3. that's the end of my rant the rest of the gameplay mechanics seem fine. Uh, yeah. I'm struggling to remember the things that they changed uh, from last week. You know, there's the iron farm stuff. Uh, there was, the, they fixed the the blazes. Uh, we can now do blaze farms work. They don't mm-hmm. attack players through the glass. So there's a bunch of positive things that were very broken uh, yeah. that they have been, that they, they have fixed, you know, like they reverted the enchanting system so you can't make the overpowered armor anymore. Uh, you can turn off raids with a game rule now uh patrols yeah. now happen half as often so there's a bunch of positive things that have happened i don't want to skip over those um but it's it's i'm not noticing them because i'm just so focused on the fact that the yep. game isn't functioning the way that it that is working um Might. and I, i'm sorry I, I wanted to direct this right at you the new game launcher is also uh, a thing oh, have yeah. you what's your experience been like that with that
1: I found it no different to the existing launcher, personally. I I figured out where everything was pretty much straight away and I didn't have a problem with it. A lot of people seem to have big issues with it in terms of the layout and in terms of not knowing where stuff is now and I think the majority of that is just going to be you know it's in a slightly different place let me find where i go to get to all of those settings but to be honest most of the time when i load up minecraft i don't tweak any of that stuff i just if, mm. if i need to change versions then i do and then i just hit play and most of the settings and stuff they've rolled over from the previous launcher yeah, so i don't need to go in and tweak everything and make sure my java arguments are the same they are i just go in and play the game straight away so yeah. uh how, how about you for like is is there a, a kind of design choice that you feel like is you know not not your favorite or are you are you along the same lines where you're like it's just a a means to play the game just hit play and then that's it
0: uh visually i think it's an improvement it looks more like an up-to-date game Uh, i like the fact that they've got news and and other things and and eventually they'll have it looks like they're gonna have functionality for skins in there yeah. Um, uh, big green button is generally what I press as well. Like I loaded up for just a few seconds and I took a minute because it was new because of the podcast to explore around. I think people just need to take a bit of patience and a, and a deep breath and just kind of like, just go find the stuff that you want to find. And then you will find it a lot easier next time. I think the only design thing that I think is a little bit lacking, and this could be just the default size that it comes up for me. And again, I have to play Minecraft at a very specific size because my iMac is, is 5k and so i play full screen at full res but then when it minimizes it minimizes to a very small window Mm -hmm. um, which is fine because when i minimize it i want it out of the way uh but the launcher is also default a smaller size or, or a regular size i guess i should say and i don't find that i can read the full version of minecraft that i'm currently selected on to hit play on um because like things that'll be, you know, it'll, often I'm using Optifine, it'll be like, you know, Optifine 1.14.3 or dot, dot, dot. And I just, I don't know whether I'm on a preview or whatever. Um, and it gets cut off. It's not long enough. The space that they have next to the play button is not long enough. That yeah, said, I, I don't I've, remember if it was long enough in the other launcher. <laughs> so yeah, it's not, <laughs> it's less of a complaint, more of just like a, you know, a point
1: that's a field that can be resized in the if, if you resize the launcher window size which i'm pretty sure you couldn't in the last one it was it was condensing Correct. the the name of the profile into the space of the play button whereas now if you drag the corners of the window around then you can resize it to whatever scale you need and right. as far as my experience goes on the windows version it remembers the size it was when ah. you closed it when you reopen it so when i i i have my scaled scale to a very arbitrary size but it's definitely a little bit bigger than the original like launcher window size was and i right. can just see everything perfectly fine like even mm-hmm. if if it's like a longer thing like i have a uh an install here for the bounding box outline reloaded mod that he shows you all of the hitboxes of various structures like nether fortresses and so forth and that's got a really really long name in the profile selector and that's fits perfectly on the screen for me like it, it, mm-hmm. it works it works fine so i think yeah knowing that that kind of stuff can be resized if that's an issue for you also if i scale it down a little bit the play button shrinks in size and that can still display the full name of the profile the play button just gets smaller and moves up a little bit so i ah, i think okay. i think it is it is dynamically scaling a lot of this stuff quite a bit better than the the other launcher which to my recollection didn't really scale at all so no and looked like
0: it was from windows 95 like yeah Yeah. that this is it's uh, overall what like definitely much improved uh i just i just need to play with it and find out what my what my new default experience is is going to be um what i'm curious about is uh it reminds me very much of the blizzard launcher uh Uh which is something where you could launch Uh, the blizzard launcher and then from there with a single click play minecraft hearthstone diablo whatever you had installed Mm -hmm. uh, as well as patch them and do all that kind of stuff i kind of wonder won't happen for me on a mac but i kind of wonder for people that are playing on on windows machines uh, if you can have the minecraft launcher window eventually be able to then launch dungeons you know or yeah. Minecraft, or you know, or whatever other game they might have coming down the tubes. Um, that that to me, it looks like that's the direction that they're taking. It could yeah. just be that it looks like that, not that it's going to have that functionality. That is pure speculation.
1: Uh, I, but I ex- um, but I it's nice and that's, clean. Uh, That that's the intention. Yes, yeah, the Minecraft launcher is going to serve anybody who's got that stuff, like in moyang's sort of account system. That they have. Mm-hmm. I expect you'll be able to buy dungeons through that if you're playing on Windows and so forth.
0: Well, yes, you know, having a store there would would make would make a lot of sense yeah. for sure. For One
1: sure. thing you will not find in the new launcher, though, is the latest snapshot that Jeb has released in order to have people test the new combat mechanics, and this is something that's come up this week on the minecraft reddit specifically which baffled a few people and i think we'll go into that a little bit more but there are new combat mechanics which jeb has rolled out as an independent snapshot that you download from this reddit thread which we'll have linked in the show notes and you have to play it as a separate instance of minecraft and play it with a separate world you need to start a new world for it because as he says in the post this version isn't compatible with other snapshots so i don't know if it has issues when you're upgrading your world or if you want to roll your world back from this one to a previous version it's not going to happen expect bugs are plenty so so best to try out a brand new world for this but there is some interesting stuff going on in the combat mechanics of the game and it's been clear for a while that the devs aren't entirely happy with the combat situation right now, primarily because the PvP community has been holding out on Minecraft 1.8 because they feel like the Minecraft 1.9 combat is too slow, and isn't exciting enough, and a lot of the time they find that damage per second, if you're kind of like clicking in, in the, the kind of charge up, cooldown timer sort of system that, that PvP has after 1.9, the damage per second you're dealing is too low to beat items that give you strong regeneration, like Enchanted Golden Apples, Potions of Regen 2, and uh, combine that with the fact that now having full saturation actually heals the player quite fast. Um, Yeah, people have been complaining about PvP since then, if they are deep in that community and were used to the way Minecraft 1.8 PvP worked. There are also issues of disparity with Bedrock and Console Editions, because the combat version for Minecraft 1.9 on Java wouldn't really work with a tap-based interface if people were playing on mobile devices. um, It was easier to have them be able to just kind of tap frantically to deal with mobs because they've got a limited range of movement. If you're working with, you know, movement controls on a mobile device, it can be a little bit harder to fight mobs that way. Uh, It's also, if it was, it was kind of tedious, apparently, to play on a controller if you have... Um, you know the xbox or ps4 version of minecraft or switch version of minecraft then it became kind of difficult and the the only analog that you could maybe move java combat over to would be the windows 10 edition which the majority of people aren't playing if you're looking at the bedrock community as a whole so this snapshot aimed to sort of unify a, a combat style from like with using what they thought of as the the ideal mechanics from java edition and bedrock edition and combine them so that ultimately the goal here is to have a combat system that works for every version of minecraft and would be the same regardless of which version you wanted to play. And what that has led to is a bunch of changes which I'm going to briefly list the bullet points here. For a start, uh, it's based on the current java edition system but with the following major changes this is quoting directly from Jeb's reddit post here, overall attacking is much faster. Attacks only happen when you are fully charged, even if you spam click. You can hold down the left mouse button to attack and it will just attack constantly. Weapons have a different reach or attack range, so swords had a slightly different attack range than they did previously. When you stop attacking, the attack timer continues charging to uh, 200%, and at 200% you can perform special attacks like sweeping, knockback, and critical hits. Those attacks will also have longer reach sweeping only occurs on swords with the sweeping enchantment critical attacks like jump attacks would bypass shields so you'd be able to damage another player even if they were holding up a shield shields have no warm-up delay so you hold up a shield you are instantly defending yourself shields also activate when crouching or sneaking which is something that now happens for them in bedrock edition thanks to again mobile devices not really having a right mouse button they can click to hold up a shield And if you hit something, the target has an invulnerability timer. So, you know, invincibility frames, for those of you guys who are familiar with that as a concept. But those will be shorter if you have a quick weapon. So if you're attacking with something that hits fast, then they won't be invulnerable for as fast. So you can deal damage more quickly with a quick weapon and so people have been trying this out i had a go but i am not really part of a pvp community or anything like i haven't really spent any time trying this out in pvp my view on it was how does this work in pve player versus environment the kind of survival game that i tend to play and i I find that PvE just feels way too easy with the new combat mechanics. Jeb has noticed that that needs balancing. There is a a follow-up comment later on in this Reddit thread that says this kind of balancing work is kind of time-consuming and they wanted to just get a feel for it without really correcting things one way or the other. And he said that eventually either mobs will need to get buffed in terms of their health or defensive capabilities, or players will need to be weakened again to compensate for that because it does feel a little bit like mobs are able to be held off with basic weapons. Like, if you hold down the left-click button with a wooden axe, you can kill a creeper at point-blank range before it has a chance to explode. And that's not the ideal situation for the early game. You want players to be struggling to survive instead of beasting everything with the most basic of tools. So a lot of people in the comments had some pretty interesting takes on this. There are going to be a wide variety of takes on this. And personally, I would love us to get some email from anybody who plays PVP a little bit more and your thoughts on this if they are constructive thoughts and not just I hate it I want to go back to 1.8 why doesn't Mo Yang listen to us um I think I think this is going along the right lines and I understand the reasons behind what they're trying to do to kind of unify all of the communities across editions across different versions of the game and unifying combat mechanics that work for the PvE and PVP communities I think there's still a lot of work to do, but I'm I'm interested to hear what you think, Joel, if you've had a chance to play with this yourself or if you've at least seen uh, some people showcasing this in videos.
0: I haven't played myself, but I do want to highlight one of the comments from Jeb regarding the 1.8. Uh, and it was people saying, I prefer 1.8. And he said, it's fine. But if the only solution is to exactly replicate 1.8, then the way to succeed is to stay in 1.8. <laughs> so yeah. it, it was a very professional way of saying like that's not what I'm looking for here. Yeah. Uh, and and I and I think that's it. but it also illustrates the point like you can't move forward if you stay in the past. Yeah. And they're trying to move forward. That's the goal. It's that's the that's where they're, they're heading. Um. I did not install this because I looked at it like I don't even. I mean, okay. Let's let's just start. I'm not a PvP guy. I don't like PvP melee first person games, period, let alone find PvP or PvE in Minecraft at all very satisfying. It's a necessity in survival for me. Mm-hmm. So I am not the ideal audience. Uh, but I also found it very strange that it was released on Reddit. Now, yeah. I watched the CubFan135 video, uh, as I often do when something new like this happens in Minecraft. I find both CubFan and Exumavoid very knowledgeable. And we'll take the time to install this kind of stuff and muck around with it. So I don't have to. Uh, and uh, Cub went uh, on to mention that it is not compatible with 1.13, 114, etc. And that's why it's released as a completely separate thing. Yeah. I don't understand why they decided to release it on Reddit and not on Minecraft.net.
1: I think it's mainly because reddit has an instant comments system so they could track all of the feedback related to this in one easy forum thread Mm. minecraft.net doesn't have a comments section and then they would just be getting tons of feedback through the feedback website or through like support channels or something like that. I think reddit just provided an easy way for them to get quick feedback. From a community that's passionate about the game and knows what they're doing and a lot of the people i know reddit has a reputation for being a lot of kind of yelling over each other but i think a lot of the people on reddit are able to articulately communicate what their problems are and it also has a good system for those comments rising to the top People can upvote things that they feel like is the most relevant to the topic and downvote stuff where it's just people saying, I don't like it, because that's not contributing to the discussion. That is the way Reddit is supposed to work, regardless of anybody's experience of how it's worked for them on various communities. That's what mm-hmm. Reddit is designed for. And so while obviously maybe that highlights the fact that MoYang themselves need a better feedback system through their website, it at least gets rid of the the problem of them having to you know completely redesign their section of the website so that people can leave comments on a blog post i think it also takes it out of the the view of people who might go to minecraft.net solely for minecraft news and then not understand the installation instructions assume that this was like another snapshot try and open it in a world that wasn't compatible and corrupt their world i think people on reddit are used to reading a post like this thoroughly and understanding that they can't do stuff like that with it so i think it's more of a precaution against less experienced users and a means for them to get instant comments and feedback on a post i think that's the main reason for reddit really
0: i can see the install thing and not wanting people that don't read to just install it in their world and and watch things break and then just complain however i'd like to point out that on june 27th uh jen's posted yesterday i posted a column snap a custom snapshot to the minecraft subreddit to get feedback on the combat mechanics you can also give feedback at minecraft.net uh slash community shows sure. blah, so, blah, so blah, blah, blah. For, for people so, who
1: don't have a reddit account and so forth. yeah, maybe, yeah.
0: exactly uh so yet again it is an, like a another direction that they can have feedback and comments and stuff like that and I'm, while i'm sure that they're able to track all the feedback and stuff like that it just feels like the Minecraft message is being, I don't want to say diversify because that has a good connotation Dil- to it. Diluted. Diluted. <laughs> diluted, diluted. Uh, yeah. yeah. Spread oh, too thin, too complicated. Like we're, you're already have Bedrock and Java people not knowing which end is up when they're talking to one another about games features and stuff like that. Adding this snapshot, which let's, for the sake of being a little bit cheeky say feels an awful lot like the 115 update they're teasing yet they don't want to call it 115 because everybody would then just be talking about 115 and not talking about 114 like i just yeah. it's it's the kind of thing like did you need to release this right now we're still trying to fix 1143 mm-hmm. uh and i say we the community because we're the ones reporting the bugs to you uh yeah it's it to me it felt a little bit um Well, no, it wasn't a little bit. I was confused. I read this on, I think it was our Discord chat. And then I went in to research it. And it took me, and I'm a pretty savvy person. It took me a little while to realize what it was, why I would want to install it separately. Like I just, it's one of those things where like I just looked at it and said like, this just seems like too much trouble for very little payoff in something that is very clearly and stated to be unfinished and probably not my thing. Uh, so, like I said, I went to watch. I went to watch the Cub video. Um, I agree with the overall sentiment that the uh, hold to fight the spam click, or I guess not spam click, but the 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 new the new faster attack seems to be a little bit too powerful. Yeah, it's, um,
1: it's a little bit like press X to win kind of thing. Yeah, like there's, there's the, I, the, the... The jokes that come out of the console community is like, pre- press this to attack. It's like, pre- basically, press I- press this to beat basically anything.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'd, I've never been a very good PvP person. I mean, even when I was playing uh, Call of Duty and Medal of Honor and those first-person shooters with my buddy Chad back in the day, we would fall victim to the very young player who would just come into a door and shoot mm-hmm. without looking it would just be i'm going around the corner and i'm pulling the trigger around every corner i'm going around because it just means that i will be that much faster than whoever's ever there because if the other person is waiting to see me before they shoot me then i will win yeah uh, and i kind of feel like the spam clicky thing is like you're just going to have people running around just holding on the buttons so like it's just it doesn't it doesn't at all feel skill-based you know like like uh, i think a lot of people are giving their feedback um Attacks that only happen when fully charged is not what I saw in the video from Cub. I believe he even mentioned that this feels like it was misstated or is not working the way it's supposed to. Um, I thought the idea that a sweeping attack would only happen on a weapon that has a sweeping enchantment makes a lot of sense
1: yeah uh, and, and it, that's and that's something people conflate all of the time right now like people people will see a sweep attack in a sword and say sweeping edge even if it doesn't have the sweeping edge enchantment so right i, I feel like if anything that's also clarifying some of just the nomenclature around enchanting and and mm-hmm. making sure people don't mistake one for the other so that that's <laughs> that, that feels good from a semantics point of view if nothing yes. else. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh,
0: if anything, my experience in the game, uh, in terms of balance, uh, it has never been that the weapons or the the jumping to crit hit, like all that kind of stuff seems normal to me. Now, I've only been playing since the very, very tail end of 1.11. I really, 1.12 is where I started playing Minecraft seriously. So I don't have the previous experience of other combat mechanics. Uh, what I find imbalanced in the game now from a PvE perspective is that I find that mobs, when they attack you, it's it's either that they're zombies, and they're easy, or they're Endermen, and they're really hard. Yeah. There's no in between, right? Uh, things like the uh, the Wither or Zombie Pigmen or I'm trying to think about something else that's really really powerful. I guess the Ender Dragon. Vexus. What else would be vexes? Vexes. Thank you. Uh, that's the other one. Is that like they are trucks. And there's just, there's very little hope. Uh, You've got like two hits, maybe three before you're dead. Mm -hmm. Uh, Whereas other mobs and other situations, you can very easily own them. Uh, Now, again, some of this might be skewed a little bit by me being endgame for so long. Like it's been a long time since I've tried to fight a zombie with a wooden sword. So, you know, my memory might be a little bit skewed. Uh, But I'm finding that... um, that those are the things that I that I see lacking in the combat of the game. Now again, that's not PvP. That's that's PVE.
1: Yeah, and I I don't know. I I just I want to hear from PvP people, and and I know yes. several several folks I've been watching on YouTube have said that they're, they're trying PVE and uh, PvP events like with these new they're they're installing the snapshot on a server if they can and they're like actually going through it or they're they're like hosting a world themselves using the snapshots so that they and their friends can have a a bit of a pvp kind of practice bout if not an actual like not not like a uhc or something like that but they're they're actually trying to use player versus player combat as a platform for understanding how these new features are meant to affect all players because the majority of people i follow are going to be survival players pve players who don't necessarily fall into the category of people that Moyang is trying to i don't want to say appease but that's how i feel about it for the most part is they're trying to bring these people back into the fold and i yeah i'm i'm interested to see what people think and i'm gonna i think i'm gonna hold off on commenting on this for now until maybe it's been a little bit better balanced because for me right now the system doesn't work but there is i'm not saying that there is a bunch of stuff, like nothing in the system works whatsoever. It's just that, as far as PVE goes, it doesn't feel like it fits the current system yet. Mm. And it-, it feels like combat does need changing just because of the wide range of player base that there's on different versions and different editions of the game it feels like that kind of needs unifying for us to move forward it's another one of those things like feature parity that we've been talking about with between bedrock and java it feels like one of the big things that is still you know causing friction within the community so i would like to see if there is you know some kind of solution to that in the works let's let's wait and see i think as far as i'm concerned
0: and like, uh, like Johnny said, if you are a heavy PvP player, please drop us a line, thespawnchunks at gmail.com and let us know what you think
1: yeah uh so speaking of email we will uh let's move on to chunk mail for this week uh we had one from sammy step that follows up on the discussion we had last week so i just wanted to quickly uh cover this one uh it says hello guys i've been playing for about seven years and have had some insight on things i'd like to see in the end it seems that end cities kind of stay on the basic planes of the end biomes but i think there could be more ways to make it dynamic and dangerous There is a lot of elevation or height and depth uh, to put some cities down in the holes in the landscape or even on the sides of islands. I just think it would be so cool to see an end city just sticking out on the side and you'd have to either dig or fly to get to it. Let me know what you guys think. Thanks so much. You guys are fantastic. Thank you for the email, Sammy Step. It's great to have a follow-up to last week's discussion and I encourage anybody who has input on some of our main discussion topics or the news to email us because it's great to basically revisit stuff from last week with fresh eyes and i like this idea last week i I mentioned imagining that physics don't quite work the same way in the end like there's moon gravity or water doesn't quite flow how you expect it to and i like the idea of having end cities coming out horizontally from islands it feels like an mc escher painting or something like that feels like it'd be a neat way of expressing the fact that the end is just kind of not quite right um I wanted to give a quick mention to uh, my buddy Eksa Vink, who I played with on the Cobblenauts uh, modded server. I caught a Twitch stream of his a few days ago, and he had designed a house a couple of times, and he was building them sideways or upside down in creative. At the time, he was trying to build a house sideways, and just looking at the different ways you can use materials, like he was using vertical walls, but because the house was rotated 90 degrees, he could use them as like a window ledge, and because they were horizontal for the perspective of the house, if you tilted your head onto one side and you could have signs going vertically as like a stripe of wood up the side of a building when, because it was horizontal, that's the orientation that you looked at it. But if mm. you looked at it from the perspective of the house, it was actually going up a wall. So I like, I like building challenges like that. And I like the idea of these end cities kind of poking out at odd angles. I think with the relatively simple amount of materials that you have in an end city you could still do that the stair orientation might be a little bit weird you can have sideways on stairs but i think you could probably make that happen that, that sounds like a fun building challenge if nothing else
0: yeah it's the kind of thing where you really all of a sudden want to be able to either rotate stairs or have vertical slabs you know, like yeah. to have to have that slab kind of thing be sideways. I'm thinking inception. Like I just I keep on thinking about things being curled around, you know, like kind of we're, folded in on themselves. Yeah, yeah. like there's a house that's ninety degrees and then there's another there's another end city that's hundred and eighty degrees and it's upside down and and the end stone island is is in the shape of like a crescent moon you know, almost like a halo kind of thing where like there's stuff that just goes all the way upside down and things like that. Um, Speaking of of, uh, gravity and weird stuff happening in the end, what if like water just flowed up instead of down like if you just place that a bucket be... of water and it just goes straight up
1: <laughs> and, then, and, then, and then you and then you put a soul sand block at the top of that and it goes like the the water the other way. goes backwards or something yeah i just i i love stuff like that and i have no idea what kind of nightmare that would be to code but right I, I i do i do really like the idea that because this is a game and because the physics are just what they can write in terms of the code then you could do wacky stuff like that it might completely break everything everyone's ever built in the end but i feel like it could be an interesting way of approaching building challenges in that dimension and i'd mm-hmm. i'd like to see how players rose to the challenge
0: i think too that if it's in a dimension like that you have probably a little bit more freedom than say like well the nether is even more complex but like in the overworld you wouldn't want to change physics like that for a specific biome like that seems really complicated just to oh, have yeah. it be niche but if, it, if it's in a dimension that's just kind of like isolated and because the end is so weird uh then i think that that would be really cool i like the idea uh i think they mentioned either even having uh uh, cities being buried uh as long as you could see them like as long as you could see like a spire or something like imagine flying over a forest of chorus fruit and having to keep your eyes peeled for like the top of an end city building that could be buried like a fossil that you'd have to then excavate uh and and then go and, and find it
1: um, I'd love, I'd love them to do that with actual fossils, because I have yeah, such. Yeah, no, that'd be cool I'd love cool too. Th- there is, there is, as far as I can tell, even in mapping tools like Chunkbase or Amidst, there isn't really a way of finding fossils, and you just run into them by accident. And so many people have asked me to make a video about how to find fossils, and I'm like, if you, if you know a way of finding fossils, call me, because I have no idea where to find them other than just like scrolling around in spectator mode and hoping. So, yeah, uh, I've, I've yeah. got
0: one in my swamp that I've not done anything with. It just, it was sticking outside of a cave. Do we know if they, is it completely random or the, do they spawn more often in certain biomes?
1: I think they are more common in deserts supposedly, but yeah, huh. I, I've never never found one intentionally. So it's kind of difficult to, uh, to track them down. Anyway, we should move on to our main topic. Thank you for the email, Sammy. And that's, uh, yeah, that's where we're going to wrap up that discussion. I wanted to talk a little bit about building in 1.14 and beyond this week, because um, 1.14 brought us scaffolding, which, while we haven't seen it widely adopted yet, I think a lot of people are still kind of figuring it out. I know you said last week that you haven't even found bamboo yet, so you haven't really had a chance to play with scaffolding too much, but it felt like an unexpected improvement to the survival building experience. It felt like Mojang kind of brought that in, partly, I think, because they wanted something else to do with bamboo, but also because... Like, you know, it, it felt like out of left field a little bit because builders had been asking for stuff like this for a while, but it didn't necessarily fit the theme of the update. Village and pillage didn't immediately imply, oh, and building for, for scaffolding for builders. Um, <laughs> so so that kind of implied that Mojang might want to sort of stealthily introduce some more features for builders in future. And the player base has come up with data packs that improve building. You've got stuff like rotation wrenches for redstone and terracotta modded minecraft even has tools like builder's wands that allow players to place multiple blocks um there is there's a couple of magic mods like botania and thorncraft that let players substitute and swap out large sections of blocks without breaking them so you can point your wand at a section of sandstone and if the wand knows for like however you've kind of configured it to replace that with stone out of your inventory it does that in quite spectacular fashion actually especially with the botania wand but I wonder if there could be tools like that that might be the future of vanilla building. And while I think you can do stuff like that with World Painter and World Edit in creative building, I wonder if there's a way of bringing more features like that into survival in future. One argument I've heard against the builder's wand is it's too easily exploited. And if you gave players access to stuff like that, it could be easy to grief stuff because you can build so quickly that you know you're, you're putting blocks there in a fashion that is much faster than it would be possible for players to tear them down again and like yeah. building, la- building large sections of obsidian around somebody's build with a builder's wand infinitely whereas obsidian takes like eight seconds to break if you don't have a, a haste beacon and an enchanted pickaxe or whatever so I, c- I can understand the arguments against however i would love to see more stuff implemented for builders in future and i wonder if there might be more stuff that that can can be introduced and still bring a vanilla feel to the game.
0: One of the things that I think might have been uh, either a happy accident or perhaps intentional in 114 is the, the way that they lower the player into the block a little bit with the new crouch height, with the yep. new sneak height, which allows you to then very easily uh, place three blocks below you. So if you're building a wall, you can do three blocks at a time as opposed to two you could always do three but you'd have to aim at the side of the block of the tower that you're standing on whereas now you can aim straight at the face of the block below it very clearly highlights and you can easily pl- place three at a time just boom 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 uh and and i find that uh quite helpful and it's a very subtle thing but it just it, it increases your productivity by you know 50 percent <laughs> when you're yeah. building a large you know a large structure that has a lot of the same blocks around um i think for me and I could be getting this wrong, I feel like the devs have said that they don't want to implement any kind of vanilla changes where you're removing or placing more than one block at a time. I think that's kind of like their core philosophy in terms of of Minecraft. So while I don't see things like Builder's ones coming into play, uh, I do like the idea of some of the data pack stuff that we've been seeing uh, working in there. I have the Redstone Rotation Wrench and the Terracotta Rotation Wrench uh, data packs on the Citadel. I have yet to use them. Mm -hmm. um that could just be anecdotal i just haven't built with a lot of terracotta and glazed terracotta um i did in my very first minecraft world and i've just not gone back to it um when i do place it it's it's a pain in the butt so i could i could see myself using the terracotta wrench more so than the redstone the redstone i just tend to plan those builds out ahead of time anyway so it's not really a big deal um although i've seen other players you know people that you and i might follow on youtube that build much more complicated redstone features where they might find that very very useful Um, for me the thing that pops into my head would be uh, something like the tables and chairs data pack from chuck chuck now i've mentioned this a couple times and i'm a little bit biased because i'm making a a, um, resource pack for it but it just seems like a logical progression like if you're going to add scaffolding Uh, and and you you know you're helping the exterior building then helping the interior building would be a a nice way to go with some uh, sub block things that you can build i mean look at this we live and play in a minecraft world where we can make intricate metal lanterns smelt glass and create things like beacons and enchanting tables and yet we can't make a chair (laughs) right so i mean i'm just i'm being a little cheeky but like it just it just seems like a table and a chair and they could be the simplest looking things possible that's fine it just you know a stair in the middle of your room that is meant to be through suspension of disbelief interpreted as a chair is is weak sauce Compared to some of the things that are currently now in the game, like end rods and iron bars. And like, just think of all the different stuff that we can make fences. (laughs) Like, you know, there, there are lots of sub block things that are, that are available in the game right now. And they just seem to be bypassing the obvious stuff. Uh, Especially if, if there's a, for the people that like to RP, if you can actually sit in them, that would be cool. That would perhaps require players to have knees, but you know, beggars can't be choosers.
1: I think the amount of solutions that the community has come up with to find ways of there being chairs in Minecraft without there being chairs is potentially what's forestalling them from adding stuff like realistic furniture, is the, the amount of creativity they see from players working around the problem of, well, we don't actually have anything we can sit down in and then have seeing players you know pushing minecarts into sets of stairs or making a chair out of a minecart with trapdoors folded around the side and a door on the back and that kind of stuff i think maybe they're coming at it from the perspective of finding that level of creativity and and ideas emerging in people's worlds is going to be limited if they just give us a straight up chair and then everybody starts using that chair and i i wonder if maybe that's what's forestalling that and 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 again like not Stunting community development and saying like these are the official chairs you can now use because then that leads to people like Chuck Chuck making a a a data pack that allows you to put chairs and block models and stuff like that into the world. I think they are potentially. I I I feel like this is definitely something they have thought of and decided not to. I don't know one hundred percent what their reasons are, but I I think to to me it does still feel like something where they've thought about it and gone well that'll basically prevent everybody from using the blocks that they already have in creative ways and we've seen people making stuff that's pretending to be chairs for 10 years now why would right. we now introduce a chair yeah and well and, I, I, well, I, I, and my I,
0: answer to that is that because they're bad chairs mm-hmm. <laughs> like they're, they're not
1: they're not good
0: you can't look at any of those and say like while they're inventive yes they're still not good chairs i i think too that um part of the the reason why i bring up the tables and chairs thing by chuck chuck is because the hoops that chuck chuck have ha- has had to go through in order to implement this it's it's a trapdoor with a i can't remember the it's a block data i think is the name of the of the piece of data that he manipulates but it's a trapdoor that then is held by an armor stand that is then made to be invisible so like it is not at all straightforward uh and i think that um there would be a way to do it or should be a way to do it in, in Minecraft that doesn't involve that kind of hoop jumping. Mm-hmm. And and true to um, what we mentioned earlier about, uh, I think Mojang relying a little bit too heavily on the player base for uh, bug tracking. Uh, I also think that data packs are kind of the I don't want to say lazy, but they're they're the answer to well, you want this in the game here, do it yourself. And I think that with the data packs out there and the ability of players to do that, it really does, like you said, slow any kind of official addition of this kind of stuff to the game because they're just like, well, why would we have why why should we be focusing all of our resources or, or resources that are valuable 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 on this kind of stuff when the player base can just create it themselves now. And while I appreciate how that encourages people learning to code, people learning to do data packs, maybe moving on to learn to do mods, like there's a lot of learning and stuff that's in there. And I think that's a positive thing. It also sort of, to me, feels like, well, that's that's not really a, a, an elegant solution to to some of the issues. Um, mm-hmm. But to move away from that, a, another point that I, I would think would be a fun thing to add to the game um, would be allowing the players to... Uh, craft stairs and i i mean it sounds funny because i know we can already do that but i mean being able to have something like say a grindstone you know like we have now a grindstone in the game that does a lot of this kind of stuff for stone but i think having some sort of block or some sort of um functionality in the game have there be a cost to it maybe it's similar to a smelter you know like if you want glass you've got to have sand but you also have to have fuel in order to make the glass and I think that if we could have something where we could create stairs, pull pull or, or put this block through some sort of milling factory and have it be turned into a stair and allow builders to then turn basically almost every block with the exception of things that don't make sense, like dirt, you know, into stairs. Um, that could be a, a fun a fun building addition to the game. It would require more blocks, but I would also argue that stairs are arguably a lot of times just the same texture as their parent block right
1: Mm -hmm. yeah you know
0: so you know having uh a a i'm trying to think about something that's that we don't well concrete you know having a concrete stair that does not the, the texture for that does not seem to me to be a hard thing to come up with right yeah uh and i think rather than just you know, you know, making it just be something that you can craft like anything else, you're going to add some playability and some hoops to jump through that are fun, you know, because then you're going to have your technical community coming up with stair factories. And, you know, I don't know what that looks like. I don't know what the function looks like, whether, you know, you put it through some sort of smelter or, you know, CNC machine or some, some sort of block, you know, a pulverizer, I don't know, um, that then knocks out you know, a piece of the block and turns it into into a stair. Um yeah. then then I think that that could be that could be kind of cool. Um but I like I in terms of like scaffolding and stuff like that, I can't really think about anything else because all the other stuff I think of just gets too into the the whole chisels and bits idea. And that's where Moyang would just be like, well if you want to do that then go play mod
1: yeah the, the thing i was thinking about i'm going to bring this back around to what we were talking about with the combat changes earlier and swords having a specific reach like being able to hit stuff from further away and what you were saying about being able to crouch now and reach down a little bit lower as we build i'm interested in maybe having some sort of accessory or maybe even being an enchantment on a pickaxe or something that allowed you to place blocks from further away to increase Ooh, yes. the building reach that we have. And I want to I want to circle this around to uh, some stuff that happens in the game Terraria, which I know you haven't played, but I'll try and explain these features in straightforward terms. There are accessories that you can apply to your character that improve your character's building range and add certain aspects to building that make it slightly easier to build, which Terraria... Obviously, the tiles in Terraria are much smaller-seeming than the blocks are in Minecraft, and it can get very intricate Intricate what you're doing with building. But there are things like rulers which allow you to see the grid as you are placing it. So you can actually count three blocks away, three blocks up, and it kind of draws out a grid from where you are, and then you can choose to place a block there. And there's stuff like that. Like, having, say... A set of goggles that adjust the gui in the same way that a pumpkin does when you put it on your head that yes. allows you to see like a grid without having to enable chunk boundaries because for a start that would make it so much nicer for bedrock players who cannot see chunk boundaries to be able to understand where the grid is and perhaps even get a look at where those chunk boundaries lie that stuff becomes very useful on a technical level for farms and attaching it to the debug functionality of the game feels like something they can't roll out to other versions of the game i know there's a resource pack on bedrock that actually lets you see grid lines in it some folks i think dosage in our, our discord has actually posted screenshots of a bedrock point of view with uh, those lines kind of drawn on and by a resource pack and so i would love to see something like that see like a, a set of goggles that allows you to see like a wireframe grid even if it was kind of like a, a an old school like uh, 1990s pc kind of like wireframe green lines kind of grid i feel like that that might potentially add some value to builders because then it becomes easier to count how far away certain blocks are from each other without having to you know do the tedious counting the one, two, three, and kind of clicking on the blocks as you go. I did so much of that on my stream the other day as I was building a circle that I thought it'd be so good to look at this and be able to count the spaces on something that's got a repeating texture without having to just tediously click on everything one block at a time or place torches or some other kind of easily removable item. And so while there are, you know, things that we do in the game now, we kind of take for granted that we just, we have to build this way, There are little things like that, little gadgets and so forth that you could add in that could maybe let you build from further away or build higher up, place a block on top of something that you couldn't see the top face of, which is something you can do in PixArk. And and there's, there's little kind of pieces here and there that might change the game in terms of their... their their usage for builders without overall affecting everybody else's gameplay. And maybe there could be, because we we talked before about not wanting dead-end items and not wanting stuff that didn't affect every aspect of the game from beginning the game to end game, or from redstone to building to combat, there could even be different functionality like I don't know like maybe these goggles have something that if you feed glowstone into them then you get to see the glowing effect around mobs that you would normally only get using spectral arrows or a bell something like Mm. that this is this is probably veering into territory that could be claimed by modded but it's the kind of innovation that i would like to see and something that's a little bit more outside the box than just you know we we want more blocks to build with we want kind of this and that to build with i i like i like the idea of building assistance rather than just building material And that's the kind of thing I I want to put it out there and see if anybody has ideas for.
0: I know you're talking about goggles and stuff like that. And I feel like that's something that would be something that you might not want on all the time. And and helmet's kind of a pain in the butt uh, to, not that, well, I shouldn't say pain in the butt, but if you're building quite quickly, going into your inventory and constantly taking off and putting on a helmet or a pair of goggles or something would be a little bit tedious. However, if that building enchant or building view is tied to your pickaxe, then all you'd have to do is just switch to a different weapon and mm-hmm. then that effect would disappear i like the idea of having like extension one two and three as enchantments on your pickaxe or building one two and three and maybe that's like you said you know uh, a grid line maybe that's extra reach maybe that's uh being able to see through blocks you know like what you're trying to build on the other side of something and you're just like well wait i i i know that there's a hallway on the other side of this but i don't remember where it is like if i could see through this at the moment then that would be very helpful you know Mm -hmm. um stuff like that would be would be really neat um i kind of i feel like i've seen this before where they they add something uh, like either a mod or a data pack would add something to the ui where by looking at a block without having the giant f3 screen up you could then see what y level like what coordinates that block is at yeah um that could also be very handy for for large-scale technical stuff where you're trying to line up you know a specific build you want all of your hallways to be on this particular axis then that could be kind of nice to have that kind of stuff being displayed i i kind of i it reminds me of like the matrix you know like you take the blue pill or the red pill and then you get to see (laughs) see behind the game um but yeah no those are those are really cool ideas i like that grid idea that's that's fun
1: that's 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 the lesson to take away from this is we want to see the code Moyang show us the code but not <laughs> but not the actual code the code in the game we want to be we want to become the one in Minecraft but I think with uh, with that strange proclamation we are going to wrap up this episode of The Spawn Chunks. Thank you so much for listening folks. You can find more information about the show and links to some of the stuff that we've talked about today at thespawnchunks.com. The music for the show was composed by me and The Spawn Chunks is proud to be a listener supported podcast. If you get some value out of the show why not consider Putting some value back in you can do that at patreon.com slash the spawn chunks join our community pledging at any level will get you an invite to our patrons only discord chat and our eternal thanks it will also get us closer to our next goal and we are currently at 110 patrons um this is probably that Patreon processing time working for us again, but we have had a few people who have unfortunately had to uh, roll back their pledges and so forth. We understand it's the second half of the year now. People are tightening purses and saving up for holidays, but as always, your support is very much appreciated. And the... Um eventually the 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 chunk mail dispenser is our next goal we've kind of had to roll back that but eventually if we get high enough we're going to get to the point where we can record the show kind of live as an audio broadcast to our discord members and then we'll be able to record it kind of in a call that anybody can listen in on and then it'll go out to other listeners after that so if you're interested in getting exclusive access to the show very very quickly like on the day of recording then uh, then consider signing up Um, Special thanks this week goes to our content engineers JD Williamson and Yitz for your support on this episode Thank you so much
0: Speaking of the Patreon page, as a Spawn Chunks member, you will have access to our upcoming quarterly hangout uh, later on this week. You can listen live or catch it on Patreon on demand. If you have any questions or comments about the show, not Minecraft, but the podcast that we do, then please send them in with the subject line hangout question. That's to thespawnchunks at gmail.com. That is, of course, where you can also direct any of your regular uh, episode questions or things that we talked about today, like new building tools and those kind of ideas. We love having feedback facts uh, about the topic uh, on this particular show so send those in and we will get to those hopefully in the next episode you can find us on twitter and instagram at the spawn chunks uh, but poking a friend in the arm is the best way to tell people and spread news about the show it is still the number one way that people discover podcasts is when friends tell them about them despite all the social media the facebook and the twitter and the instagram and all that kind of stuff it's always just good to have someone that you trust say hey this is really good you should listen to it you can find us by name on android itunes stitcher and spotify and of course the rss feed is linked on the and the patron only rss feed is on the patreon page that is the place where you can listen to the render distance the extended version of the podcast
1: my name is Johnny, but online I go by Pixelrifts, and you can find most of what I do at youtube.com slash where I attempt to make sense of this crazy and wonderful game in a series called The Minecraft Survival Guide. I also stream three days a week on Twitch, where I do behind-the-scenes work for the Survival Guide series, and I'm the voice of the unofficial Hermitcraft recap, which you can find through a quick YouTube search. Aside from that, I'm at Pixelrifts on both Twitter and Instagram. Joel, where can people find you online?
0: Everything that I am doing online, including my illustration and design portfolio, is at joelduggan.com. If you are interested in hiring me, then just drop me a line. If you'd like this show, then you might like my other podcast, The Citadel Cafe. This week, I will be talking about werewolves or Ireland you will just have to tune in to find out which. Uh, Beyond that, you can find me by my name across all social media that matters. I'm gonna point you towards Twitch, where I have been doing a lot of uh, extra streaming in Minecraft lately. Over the void, come join in the chat room as they will me to fall. It is uh, very amusing.
1: Thanks for visiting the Spawn Chunks. The world outside is infinite. Happy birthday, Canada.